This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. So we have a client who was like, wow, our leads from YouTube convert 15% higher than any other traffic source. Why? Because people are finding you exactly when they need you and exactly when they're in pain. So I'm all about quality over quantity because I treat every single video as its own little evergreen sales machine. Hello, I am Matt Dario, and if uh, you have ever thought about how you're going to uh, maybe access YouTube and use it to develop your business, you're really going to love today's episode. And uh, I've got a great guest for you today on Thought Leader Thursday, right here on the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Alrighty, so on today's episode of Thought Leader Thursday, I'm joined by an entrepreneur, broadcaster, and teacher who has a decade of experience as an award-winning video, social media, and brand strategist. She helps have the entrepreneurs like you elevate your business and dominate your niche using YouTube. So please help me welcome to the show, Ms. Sunny Leonarduzzi. Sunny, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, no, glad to have you. And uh, been looking forward to this for a very long time is YouTube is... Uh, become a little bit of an obsession of mine just over the last 12 months. I'm kind of new to it. I was like, I can't wait to talk to you, but uh, we've got a lot of mutual friends and uh, you come highly recommended and, and people speak very, very highly of you. So I'm happy to have you here. That's lovely. I'm stoked to be here. Good, good. So let me ask you, um, without going to, to, through your entire history, what were you doing just prior to becoming the uh, go-to person for YouTube entrepreneurs and what inspired Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a journey, um, as most entrepreneurship stories are, but, um, my whole kind of journey started about 10 years ago and, uh, I actually went to broadcasting school. I thought I was going to be a journalist. That was always the end goal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked in media. I ended up reporting at the 2010 winter Olympics in Whistler living up there. And really that was like my big goal on a logical level. And so checked it off the list, but just didn't quite feel right. Um, And I think it was because I always dreamed of being in media because I wanted to tell stories and educate people. Uh, The way that media was kind of operating at that point was that it was still very much so a monologue. And there was the social media stuff that was just sort of coming up. Instagram wasn't even around yet. And I was like, this is interesting. It's kind of like media, but it's a two-way dialogue. And so I decided, okay, well, how can I really tap into this? So I decided as I was driving home from the Winter Olympics that I was going to start my first business, which was an online magazine. I built the entire thing off of social media. I tapped into Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, um, really learned everything from scratch and loved it, um, loved the one-to-one connection and the, and the deep relationships that you could build with people and creating your own media, really, um, and building your own audience. And so I just studied it and became a student of it for about five years. 
um, totally behind the scenes. And I ended up doing super well with that first business and building a decent sized audience. Didn't make any money, but built a decent sized audience. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting kind of pursued by all of these brands and companies being like, I don't know what the social media thing is, but you seem to get it. So can you do it for our companies? So I started just consulting um, with brands and businesses of all sizes and solopreneurs and just people in all different niches and just tested my theories and my methodologies and strategies across industries and really fine-tuned it um, behind the scenes without having any brand for myself, without talking about what I did. And then one day I got to the point where I had a lot of clients and was pretty burnt out and couldn't keep answering the same questions over and over again um, by getting on the phone and going to meetings. So I decided, how can I clone myself. So basically I decided, okay, I'm going to just sit down and film a video and send that video to all my clients. Cause they were all asking the same thing at that time, which I'm sure people listening are probably going, Oh yeah, I get frequently asked questions all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's clue number one, that you have a good content strategy in place. When you get these FAQs, that's the best place to start making content around. Um, so the question I was getting was about live streaming and Periscope specifically, cause it had just launched at the time. So I just made this tutorial on how to use Periscope for business, put it on my YouTube channel, which at the time only had like old demo reels and family videos and no strategy. And I had maybe a handful of subscribers and put it up, sent it to my clients and woke up the next day with a couple thousand views. And I was like, what happened? Um, and it was my light bulb moments to really realize that there was something happening with the search and I was getting picked up and suggested. And so how could I tap into this? So I just experimented and said, if I do this every single week, once a week for a year and just answer these frequently asked questions, I wonder what would happen. And what happened was my life changed basically. Um, in one year I went from scratch to 50,000 subscribers and 3 million viewers. And if you're sitting there listening to this thinking, what would that do? Well, I would love to challenge you to really sit on that for a second. How many clients do you currently have? And what would happen if 3 million people knew who you were and what you were really good at in the next year? For me, it meant that we had such a high demand to work with me that we ended up productizing our services, creating my first digital product, doing my first six figure launch, Mm -hmm. Just going from basically unknown and like grassroots style marketing, word of mouth marketing to having this basically machine built with YouTube to constantly bring in customers, sales and leads. Not only that, but I landed big press features within that first year. I landed massive speaking engagements all through YouTube. So I say it changed my life and it sounds cheesy, but it really, really did. I can relate. Yeah. Well, I started my, my podcast just to pro try to self-promote a book. It was yeah. like 2009. So we just started our ninth year and uh, 2010. And uh, it just kind of took off and it turned into something entirely different than what I had planned yeah. out to be. I sold no books, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I sold lots of real estate since then, but no, yeah. no books. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So, so who is your ideal client and how do you actually help them? What's that process look like? Our ideal client really is anyone who has some sort of business with an online component. So if you are looking for, I mean, the thing is people are always like, why would I use YouTube? I'm like, well, do you want to get discovered in Google? Because if you want to get discovered in Google, you probably want to use YouTube. Um, and so really we've, we've worked with people in all different industries, but as long as you have some sort of conversion site online, we can support you. So we've worked with people who have physical products. We have, we've worked with people who have um, coaching businesses. We've worked with authors and experts and speakers. We've worked with people in all different industries, but as long as you have something to sell, something to offer and a business set up, we can support you. 
Got it. Perfect. Um, you know, although I, I started my YouTube channel, I think back in 2011, 2012, I didn't really take it seriously until just about 12 months ago where mm. I got focused on, on people like yourself and started taking all the tips and strategies. And am I too late? Oh my gosh, no, it's funny you asked that. I'm actually making a video about this coming up soon because um, everyone says that and it's an awesome excuse. And I actually kind of think it's a good thing because I'm like, keep using that excuse to like, you know, mm -hmm. not do it so that the people who actually have the willpower to do it will succeed. Um, so we have clients, we call it our 100K club. It's now become a club because it's become multiple people, but we've helped clients go from zero to 100,000 subscribers in less than 10 months um, and like literally not having a business and, mm -hmm. and blowing up. So um, one of our clients, Apollonia Ponzi, she works in the dating and relationship space and she, that's a super competitive niche on YouTube. And we treat YouTube, and this is what I always say, if you're going to start a YouTube channel, you have to look at it as a science not an art because a lot of people think okay if it's video it has to be like this beautiful production and I have to have all the right equipment and I have to like invest in all this stuff none of that's true um, I have done both I've had really expensive sets and all the things and then I've also filmed with webcam my success in the first 50,000 subscribers came from filming with a webcam a window for natural light and a stack of books as my tripod. Um, I didn't use anything fancy. What matters most is the value of what you're sharing and treating it as a science. And what I mean by that is we use a very specific formula for our clients, which is search volume versus search pool versus views and velocity. What that means is you want to have high search volume in, rel in relation to the size of your channel. If you're a brand new channel, between 100,000 searches per month is ideal. You want to have a low search pool, which is a term I made up, but what it means is competition. So how many results are you competing against in, in the search results? And so ideally, again, if you're a new channel, you want to keep it under 100,000. And this obviously varies depending on the size of your channel and how long it's been around, etc. This is kind of the blanket rule. And then the views and velocity portion of it is... If you look up a certain search term on YouTube and you look at the top five ranked videos, how old are they? So if they're like a year, two years, five years old and nothing is recent, meaning in the next, in the last six months, that means there's a gap you can fill because YouTube loves new and fresh content. So if there's no new videos on this topic, which there's thousands, if not, no, there's, there's bajillions. Let's just use that as the technical term. There's mm -hmm. bajillions of search terms out there that haven't been tapped into in a long time. So as long as you follow that formula, you can fill those gaps and you can be discovered on autopilot. And that's really what we help our clients do. We call it, we help you build an evergreen sales machine with mm -hmm. YouTube and bring in customers and build a profitable audience on autopilot. Got it. Okay. So that, that brings another question that I didn't plan on asking, but, um, you, when you would put that first video on and you woke up in the morning, you had those 2,000 views, right? And I started my YouTube channel just, as, just, just because I felt I should, but 2011, 2012. And since then, without any effort or focus about the, uh, a strategy or anything like yeah. that, you know, I've got a, a half a dozen videos that have 50,000 plus views. And now that I've been all focused on the content, on the format, on the science of everything in the last 12 months, I don't have anything even close. So that's kind of why I was asking, am I too late? I really don't think you are, but I do think that it's, it's funny. I think the more that you just sort of like passively let it sit there, the more that you understand the real value of YouTube, which is it is a long game. Now we've had clients who implement our strategy and within a month they're seeing 
we actually had one client who sells um, epoxy countertops, like to, mm -hmm. it teaches people how to do epoxy stone countertops. And within the first month of working with us, they did $100,000 more in revenue than they had done ever. So it was their best sales month ever. Um, and so that was very quick ROI. But a lot of the times, like I have videos that are four years old, which truthfully at that time, I wasn't super strategic with my strategy, but that video is still bringing in about 300 leads a day on my email list. So I don't think you're too late. I think it's probably just little gaps or little holes in the strategy that need to be mapped out in order to see the best ROI from it. Okay, good. Thank you for that. Because you're welcome. A lot of work <laughs> in it. I don't want it to be waste. <laughs> um, all right, so let's do this. Let's play a game. Um, if you are a real estate investor, yes, looking for distressed property, so you're looking for people in financial distress, mm -hmm. they might have personal distress, maybe the properties themselves are in distress. Uh, what's the first idea that comes to your mind with regard to how you would use your superpowers to find them? To find those those buyers or those people that are looking They're for sell, you? They would be sellers. They'd be sellers. Okay, cool. So keep in mind, I know nothing about this space. That's so perfect. This, that's why, we, that's why this, I'm asking you. Yeah, this is proof that this is workable. <laughs> and this is the funny thing. I've learned a lot about a lot of different niches because I've worked with people sure. across the board. So if you're looking for, give me the the terminology for the people that you're looking for again? Okay, so it would be people say um, that are landlords and are having problems evicting their tenants or people that are going through divorce or bankruptcy and have to liquidate assets, people that are going through foreclosure or they have a condemned property or they just inherited a property that they don't know what to do with. It's on the other side of the country and they don't know how to get rid of it. Okay, cool. Um, so what first question I'd ask you, and this is the first thing I have all my clients do is, what skill have you mastered that you could teach these people? So we call it your mastered list. Um, mm -hmm. So what's a skill that you've mastered that you could teach these people? Got it. Okay. So it would be uh, selling their house fast without a real estate agent. Oh, I love one. that. Okay. Uh, I'm just typing this in if people are wondering what I'm doing. I'm typing it into the search bar on YouTube. So that's usually where I start to do my research. Ideally, um, hopefully they would sell it to me fast. Right. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... Just looking that up, it, there's a ton of different ideas that can pop up. So um, the first thing is the mastered list. The second thing is uh, a FAQ list. So when you're dealing with these types of people, what are they asking you? What are their biggest questions? So basically you write two lists. So mastered list, FAQ list. Then you cross-reference and you're like, okay, what matches up here? What are the FAQs that matches up with the things that I'm confident in teaching? And it's going to be a lot of matches. So that's a lot of content ideas. Got then it. you dive into the, the science and the art behind it. Mm -hmm. So something like how to sell your house fast um, by owner, because the owner would be selling it right without a real estate agent. Right. Great. So I didn't know that term. But when I typed it into YouTube, that was one of the first things that popped up. So it has a so right now, it, I'm looking at the data and the science behind it. And it says it's not too competitive and it has enough search volume to make it worth targeting. So right now, I'm just going to look up the exact stats behind it. Um, so the search pool is super high. So the number of results in the search pool is 25 million. That's too high. But the search volume is there. So you're getting a couple thousand searches a month for this topic. Um, so what you want to do is then you play with that title until you narrow down the results that you're competing mm -hmm. against. So you narrow down that search pool from 25 million to let's say like 200,000 um, or 100,000 if you're a brand new channel. And that just takes time to like narrow down that title to a place where you know you're going to be able to fill the gap or fill the hole. Uh, and then if I look at the views and velocity for this topic and the top ranking search results, 
the top ranking videos are five years old, two years old, and 12 years old. So you have a huge opportunity to rank number one because you have a new fresh piece of content about mm -hmm. that topic. So that's Got basically it. how I do it. That was awesome. My, my audience loves tactics and, and technicalities and they love the strategy. So, so do I. And, I. and I don't like to treat YouTube as a guessing game, which a lot of people do. And that's the mm -hmm. most frustrating way to grow. So that's why I really do say approach it as a science, not an art. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. So a couple of debates I've heard over the last 12 months as I've been doing my YouTube research, I'd love to get your input on this. Yeah. You probably have videos on it, but uh, I'm going to go for it live. Um, quantity versus quality of the videos that you put out. Quality over quantity all day really? long. Okay. Yes. I haven't, really? heard, I haven't heard that answer, so I'm interested. I've heard oh. quantity a lot. You're probably listening to some broke creators, no offense, but that's the truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that is no shade against anybody else. But listen, I've been doing this for a while. Um, YouTube specifically for four years, but social media in general for 10 years. And um, what I know to be true is that YouTube is a very different beast than other platforms. So if you're on Instagram, you need quantity is more important because you need to be pushing yourself out in order to be actually discovered regularly because it's more of a viral platform. So I look at like Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter as more viral platforms versus value platforms. So with YouTube, it's all about the evergreen results, which is why we say we help you build an evergreen sales machine because you could post a video today. And you maybe get like a couple hundred views on it, which I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, well, that's usually what happens. But watch what happens with that video if you do it following our scientific approach. Watch what happens to it as the years go on and you're generating hundreds and hundreds of views every single day. And that's hundreds of ideal customers and clients finding you exactly when they need you. So we have a client who is like, wow, our leads from YouTube convert 15% higher than any other traffic source. Why? because people are finding you exactly when they need you and exactly when they're in pain. So I'm all about quality over quantity because I treat every single video as its own little evergreen sales machine. And so if you have to be doing every single step right in order to see the results from YouTube, because if you're not following our methodology, which is four phases, so it's research and then it's scripting. So we have a very specific scripting formula to ensure you're actually generating quality customers and leads from YouTube. And then step three is the optimization and upload part of it. So all of the backend and metadata. And then the fifth phase is distribution. If you're not following all of those phases for each video you're putting out, you're going to sink to the bottom of the YouTube sea and it's a waste of your time, your effort and your resources. So YouTube for me is quality over quantity, whereas other platforms absolutely want to be posting more um, because it's more of that instant success versus YouTube, which is like long-term success every single day without even having to do more work. Got it. Got it. When you say quality, um, you're talking about the value of the content more so? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So for example, um, one of my videos, which is one of my most viewed videos, I literally made it with my, my phone. Okay. <laughs> and it's bringing in so many leads on a daily basis for us because the value of what I'm saying is what people actually care about. And in an interesting sort of experiment and where I, I've made a lot of mistakes on YouTube, um, especially when I was first starting out. But one of my mistakes more recently was that when I hit 100,000 subscribers, I was like, okay, now we really have to get fancy. And so there's this like multi-million dollar studio in Vancouver and I have a relationship with them. So I was like, we're going to start filming in there and have like this really beautiful fancy set, and like multi-camera setup, da, 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 da. Those videos tanked <laughs> for the most part because they're not relatable and people don't go to YouTube to see this like 
crazy production value, especially when they're trying to learn something. And that's when we bring it back around to the whole scripting process, because what people oftentimes forget, and I'm sure that you can relate to this and people listening can relate to this, but if you ever land on YouTube and you click on a video and you're like, oh my God, it's taken you five minutes to introduce what you're going to talk about. I'm not going to watch this anymore because you have to think about YouTube as a search platform. So oftentimes, and that's what you want to use it as, especially as an entrepreneur, you want to be discovered by your ideal clients and audience all day, every day. And if people are searching for an answer to their question or a solution to their problem, they want it fast. So you have to think about yourself as solving a problem. And if you're looking for a problem to be solved, you want the person to give it to you ASAP. So our scripting formula, we call it the hot script formula, hook outcome testimonial should be done in 30 seconds. So today I'm going to teach you how to get more views on YouTube. That's your hook. So people know exactly what they're there for. Outcome, by the end of this video, you'll know how to rank number one on YouTube and Google. So they know the exact outcome they're getting. Testimonial is I've helped clients go from zero to 100,000 subscribers in less than 10 months using this methodology. Then step-by-step action items that people need to know. No filler, no fluff. You don't need to help people why they need to learn this. They already know. That's why they're searching for the answer. Then two conversions at the end. One is awesome. Now you know how to get more views on YouTube, but you really need to master the SEO in order to do that. Download my checklist for YouTube SEO below this video. Get them on your list. Get them in your funnel. And then engagement call to action. So if you like this video, hit the like button below, share it with your friends, be sure to subscribe. The reason that you save that is because the more signals you get on YouTube, the more likes, comments, shares, and um, subscribers you get, the higher that YouTube's going to rank you in the algorithm because it, sh- it shares social proof that you actually have quality video content. So our scripting formula is very strategic. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the fact that if people are, again, looking for that answer, they don't want to hear anything. They don't care about you anymore. You have to make them care about you by giving them the answer they're looking for. Got it. I like it. Well, your videos now are, they're absolutely gorgeous. So obviously found a good balance of having the content value and the aesthetics. At what moment did you feel like it was, that was time to do that? Um, you know what? It's been a really, it's been a constant evolution. I appreciate you saying that. I feel like it's been a constant evolution of trying to find that balance. Um, and I feel like we've actually just kind of revamped our model and the new videos will be coming out very soon. Um, and that I feel like is the perfect meld of just straight to camera, like really high value information, but also aesthetically super pretty and, um, right on brand with me and exciting and enticing. Um, but also following that scripting formula to get in and get out super quick. So I feel like it's a constant experiment and that's pretty much how I treat this whole thing is that it's just one big experiment. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We're always learning. We're marketers. So we're always testing, right? Exactly. Um, you said something about getting uh, the, the likes and the shares and, and triggering those little things that those YouTube signals. Um, one of the, the, the biggest one I'm hearing right now is your audience retention is probably the most important thing to pay attention to. Um, what I haven't been able to get understand or get a straight answer on is, is it the length of time watched or is it the percentage of the video that's watched? So it's a bit of both. So retention, I always say high retention, high reward. So retention is the most important metric on YouTube and then watch time. So that's why I say it's a bit of both. So what watch time means is the Netflix effect. It's like you want to keep people watching your channel and staying on the platform. So that's the amount of time that they're watching of your videos and like series and playlists. Um, So the cumulative amount of watch time on your channel. And then the retention is what percentage of the video is actually being watched. And your retention should be above 40%. That's ideal. But the more important thing is when you're looking at a graph and that's, that's why the hot script formula is set up the way it is too. It's set up for high retention. 
So as you're looking at it, you're looking at the graph, you should see a fairly straight line. You're going to see a drop off at the beginning, that's inevitable, but then like pretty straight line throughout and then drop off when you have your call to action. That's the ideal graph that you want to see when you're looking at your viewer retention. Got it. Got it. All right. Let's see. What else do I have written down here for you? Um, we, talk, we talk a lot about YouTube. You talk about YouTube all day long. What do you wish you could talk more about? Oh, good question. Um, so I think the thing that I really love talking about is I think it's become so common for people to be on social media and be putting themselves out there and building personal brands. But there's like a whole bunch of crap that comes along with actually putting yourself out there. And so I really love talking about more of the psychology behind it um, and also the psychology of like what makes a viewer actually take action. Um, so you as the person on camera, what does it take for you to get on camera? Like before we can start talking about strategy when it comes to your videos, let's talk about mindset and confidence and strategy and all of those things behind what are you going to say and how much value you're going to bring? Because I know that this can be a crippling fear for people. And so oftentimes I'll talk about the fact that like when my fear went away was when I realized that it wasn't about me and it was more about what I was able to do for my audience, whether that was educate, entertain, or inform. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything kind of shifted. So I love talking about the mindset piece of it and the psychology behind it. And I really do love talking about like the sales process as well, because I know that I've been able to tap into something that I, that I don't know if a lot of people have in the sense that I've really treated YouTube as a business and I've really built YouTube around my life as opposed to my life around YouTube. Like I try my best not to be filming all that often and people are often surprised when I say like I film for like four hours a month. That's usually my schedule. I film four hours a month. Everything else is now done by my team. When I started, I was doing everything by myself, but now I have a team behind me who's able to support me in the actual production. And like I said, my job is to show up and deliver a crap ton of value. And that's really it. Everything else is done for me, which is amazing. But you don't have to be spending all day every day. You don't have to be vlogging all day every day. And also I think you need to play to your strengths and like understand how much capacity you really have to be doing this and why are you doing it? What is your intention behind it? Because if you don't go in with an intention, you'll get burnt out really, really quickly because it, it can be super hard, especially if you're not highly strategic about it. Got it. As a coach and an educator, and you're in some regards a coach of coaches, a coach of other entrepreneurs, um, so you hear a lot of advice doled out out there, right? Doled out out there. And uh, what, is, what is one thing that you hear frequently that just kind of makes you cringe? Oh, man. How long do we have? Um, oh God. Ooh. There's, there's probably two things. One is you got to be on everything. I could not disagree more with that statement. So glad you just said that. But go ahead. Oh my Lord. It drives me nuts because if you are trying to be on everything, you're not going to see succeed at anything. Listen, when social media first started and when I was first starting to work with clients, I was on everything, but also there weren't as many platforms and they weren't as strategic and there weren't as many functionalities. Now it's like, you need to have an expert for Facebook. You need to have an expert for YouTube. You got to just figure out one and that one thing's going to grow everything. And that's part of why I love YouTube so, so much is because it really does require the least amount of work, ironically, mm -hmm. um, when you do it the right way. And my videos and my channel, it's growing by the day and it's bringing in new viewers by the day. 
and that's growing everything else for me as well. It grows my email list. It grows my social media platforms. It brings in opportunities like press and everything else. And we call that the sunny system. It's like the solar system. YouTube's at the center. It builds everything else. And then all of that stuff builds your YouTube channel again. Um, so I'm a big believer in figure out your one thing that you want to focus on, your one platform, double down on it, do it really well, mm-hmm. succeed there. And then that will start to grow everything else organically. Um, the next thing is, I think this is probably a common answer, but I am just, I'm really sick of the narrative that you constantly have to be hustling. Um, mm-hmm. because I think it's the least healthy way to, to go about entrepreneurship. There is a season for hustle. Absolutely. I've been through it. I think we all have, mm-hmm. but constantly hustling is not going to get you anywhere except for sick. And I had a really bad burnout a year and a half ago. I talk about it a lot because I think it's very important for people to understand that it happens to the best of us. And it happens to people who even think that they're taking really good care of themselves. But for me, I was burning the candle at both ends and I was trying to just keep up with everything. And I wasn't really paying attention to like what I needed physically Mm -hmm. to be healthy. Um, So I just think the hustle narrative is very irresponsible, very dangerous. And I think especially it's super dangerous when it's coming from people who have teams of 50 behind them. Because a team of 50 is very different than one person trying to do everything on their own. And I work with a lot of people and I actually had these like 20 strategy calls last week where I don't do that often, but it was for a specific thing. And pretty much every single person who came on was like, I was like, okay, tell me about your business. And, and they're like, well, I really want to start a podcast or I really want to start a YouTube channel. And I was like, okay, step back. What's your business? What, is, what are you actually doing this for? Why do you want to have a podcast and a YouTube channel? What is it leading towards? Because I think that it's been so jumbled in messaging that like a podcast is a business and a YouTube channel is business. And sure, you can monetize them, but they're vehicles for your business right? and your business needs to be dialed in before you're trying to amplify it anywhere. So I think of those three things, <laughs> as I said, how long do we have? Um, no, but, good. but I just think that there's a lot, there's a lot of toxic narrative out there mm-hmm. and it's not helping anyone. Yeah. It's a toxic narrative. Social media has given everybody a voice, right? And it's made yes, everybody for an better or for worse. There's right? some really great people who should have a voice. And there's some mm-hmm. really not so great people who are completely full of BS and are saying things from a place of not actually knowing what the F they're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I feel like I could uh, talk to you all day long. Um, <laughs> what's something few people know about you that you wish more people did? Oh, No, that's a tough question. I feel like people know quite a bit about me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think one big thing is that it's often misconstrued that maybe I'm like the super extrovert, but I'm really quite introverted. I'm kind of a hermit. Um, and I definitely recharge by being behind the scenes and just having quiet and downtime. So as much as I'm on perceived mm-hmm. a lot of the time, um, I'm also off a lot of the time as well. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a lot of people that are, not a lot, but, but enough to notice a pattern of people that have big online personalities. They admit that I'm really more of an introvert. People think I'm really this outgoing life of the party person, and I'm really not. I really like my time alone, and gosh, I, yeah, I can identify. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's wrap it up. If there were three guiding principles for your success, what would they be? 
Ooh, good one. Uh, okay, so one is perseverance. I, yep, just, just keep going, just keep swimming um, through everything. I think resilience, being able to bounce back from a lot of situations and also not allowing myself to get knocked down for too long um, and being able to just sort of like see the lesson and the blessing in every situation as much as it may seem bad at the time um, and focus. And that's something I still think I'm working on, but I do think that it's, I've really come to realize it's a superpower especially now because people are like, I need to start a podcast. I need to start a YouTube channel. I need to be on Instagram. I need to be doing da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, you just need to focus on one thing, one offer, perfect the crap out of it, scale that and you're good to go. So I think focus is another thing that, that has really helped me. Those are great. So perseverance and focus. Yep. And resilience. And resilience. Love it. Um, you have a, a program called YouTube for bosses. Is that the correct title? I do. Yeah. yeah. It's been on my to-do list to become a customer of yours for a very long time, but uh, I'm kind of this overwhelmed person, so it hasn't happened yet, but it will. Awesome. And, um, so I would, and it's come very highly recommended by the people that uh, we know together. And, uh, but if someone listening, they just kind of wanted to dip their toe in the water, just learn a little bit more about you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so the best place to go is to sunnyleonarduzzi.com slash webinar, and that's my free training on how to do everything I just mentioned. So it takes you through how I 100x my subscriber base and doubled my revenue in the first year of using YouTube. Um, and it takes you through those strategies I mentioned in the four phases. So that's the easiest place to go to start Perfect. learning about me. Can you say that again a little slower? Yeah, so sunnyleonarduzzi.com slash webinar. Slash webinar. All right, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Sonny, it's been a pleasure. Let's do this again. Yes, please. All righty. Cool. So, uh, take care and thanks for being here. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Cause I know you're extremely busy. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you're it. Awesome. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Uh huh. All righty. So that's it for today's episode of thought leader Thursday. I'll see you next week for the, we're going to do it all over again, right here on the Epic real estate investing show. It's not going to be nearly as good as it was today though. I probably, <laughs> but anyway, God bless your success. Take care. I'm Matt Terriel. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.